Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the Electric Brain Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Berry. And I'm the other host, Zachary Holcomb. He is the electric brain behind the electric brain. Today we have in the studio Sean Kirkpatrick of Greater Pyrenees, also formerly known for a band called Color Revolt, which some of you may uh, have been uh, introduced to a while back, or if not, definitely check them out. He will be in the studio today with us, just chatting it up. Uh, he's got a, quite a bit going on, and we also dig back into his life and kind of where he came from. Uh, but Zach, what else we got? Yeah, well, he's here to promote uh, Greater Pyrenees and their self-titled new record, available April the 15th. Guys, that's like two days from now. Yeah, two days from now. They are currently on tour... And if you want any more information on that, you can check out uh, the Electric Brain Podcast at electricbrainpodcast.com. And Sean was nice enough to record a song with us here today. Now, don't be weird and skip to the end. Uh, don't do that. Don't be that person. Yeah. Just listen to the whole podcast. And then when you listen to the song at the end, just re-listen to the podcast <laughs> and post it to your Facebook and your Twitter and whatever else there is. Yeah, out the there. song that uh, Sean is playing is the single off the record. It's called Homemade Blood. And if and you find yourself humming to it as soon as it's over, yeah, guess I completely what? understand. Yeah, because literally both of us did that the entire mm-hmm. afternoon. <laughs> and once again, uh, Zach is proving to me, maybe for the first time I to you guys. I don't know music. <laughs> gosh, this is perfect. Yeah, that. Yeah, Zach is not a. Um, a musician. Zach is not a musician. And I really hope you guys enjoy the episode. <laughs> uh, this is episode uh, two of season one with the Electric Fairing Podcast, Sean Kirkpatrick. How long do these uh, seg- how long do the segments go? Well, about three and a half hours. Three, <laughs> three and a half hours. Great. Um, great. Usually, uh, probably around like the ones we've recorded have been anywhere from like forty-five minutes to an hour or yeah. whatever. Like depending on how conversations. Go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. That's cool. Now we have a little more material so we can cut. And yeah, y'all can do some edits and all that jazz, and then with. Yeah, do y'all y'all don't do y'all do everybody, not just musicians, right? Yeah, what um what we're gonna be doing is this is gonna be our first season and what right now Check, check. Yeah. Um This is gonna be our first season and what we're trying to do is like I'm just gonna right sink now. below you. I'd rather <laughs> look up up to you guys. We're going to uh do like Right now, we're focusing mostly on like the writing process of like you know, of music and whatnot, and um, then like next see, and we're going to do like eight, eight or nine episodes, something okay. like that. Yeah, you can tell we have 
idea boards people that we've had on and people Alton Brown's kind of our highlight like yeah. we can get him we've made it yeah if you can get him yeah he's yeah. A, yeah he um he's a cook he's a cook okay yeah. yeah he's on the food network he he came to memphis and was like memphis is the number one food place in america which is and we pretty, love food so. pretty awesome yeah. really he said that or yeah he okay. said that and he's like big time on food network and that's going to be probably that's, our next that's awesome our next season because now there's a isn't there a second line in there is in in, in Oxford. Yeah, yeah, there's the you know the guy Kelly English who owns it. He's from here. He's from here. Yeah. Yeah. So he has restaurant Iris and Second Line, and we're going to try to get him on here because he's like a big sports person, but he's also like you know we want to talk to him about food. Yeah. You know he's a big Ole Miss guy. Like yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um. So we're going to do that and try to get some other people. Like there's a lot of. There's a lot of chefs around and people write cookbooks and I don't know. I think it would be really interesting to get that kind of yeah. perspective and plus food is like my favorite thing. I see. Uh, yeah. Food's good. <laughs> food is good. Uh, I see fat possum on there. Yeah. Too. We're going to yeah. try to get somebody. I, I wanted to get from that, uh, the rec- the label side of things, like what they look for, you know, how, what their process is like and all that. We got now, single lock too. Yeah, and Single Lock. You know who they are? John Paul White. Um, I've heard of that. From the Civil Wars. Yeah. Yeah, him and uh, a guy from like Alabama Shakes started it. It's in Florence, Alabama. Right. I sent them like an email. and, and Zach loves Alabama in general. So. Yeah, I'm a, my family's from Alabama. Right on. Bama guy yeah. through and through. So, yeah, Fat Possum. Uh, y'all had a record on Fat Possum, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I have a, I mean... Patrick, who is uh, in Color Revolt, he works at Fat Possum. Okay. He's, I don't know if he's part of the decision makers. I mean, I think they all, I think they all sort of talk about it. Yeah. In in a, in a certain regard, but I I don't I don't see Matthew or Bruce. Now Bruce lives up here. Oh, okay. Pretty much. Um. So you could possibly get him. Yeah, that'd be cool. But. It'd probably be best to, for you to go through Patrick because he would know. Hmm. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll. Well, I'll ask Patrick to see if it's cool. Yeah, and, and then I can send him. Appreciate it. and remind me if I forget. Yeah, and uh, then Andrew uh, Bryant, he's going to come on the sixteenth. Okay, so you've already set something up. With yeah, him. yeah, he's coming on the sixteenth. Him and the Water Liars, they're going uh, on tour for a couple weeks or yeah. something. Yeah, and my wife and I are going to be in Colorado anyways. Yeah, um, and when he when we get back and he gets back home from tour, they're gonna he's going to come over. That's and great. He's a cool. Out. He's a great guy. Yeah, and I have a lot of friends. I've mentioned it to him. Like last week, we went to the University of Memphis Tigers basketball game. Yeah, and. Uh, they're they're big old Miss fans and big into the Oxford community. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we saw them at the what's the beer place again? Uh, Yalabusha. You just played Brewery. there, right? Just, yeah, I just played played there. They have like they tried. They, I mean, they've been doing well. They, they have a new artist like every Friday play uh-huh. there from six to nine, wow. and they do like brewery tours and stuff like that. And they try to keep it all local or at least like regional. You I know. Gotcha. Cool. So yeah. 
Awesome. But uh, I don't know. We could be wasting conversation doing this. You know, uh, this could be, we could already be in gold land right now. <laughs> we might already be recording. In, oh, are we? Oh, okay. we've been recording for, yeah. Well, the screen's okay, that's facing cool. him. So no, yeah. And I can edit whatever, you know. That's cool. No, this is great. <laughs> just, just jump right into it. Yeah. This is this is way better. Yeah. Well, this is something official like, uh, thanks, for ha- thanks for coming on the show. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for <laughs> considering me as uh, a, an important person amongst other, others <laughs> you have so, to represent mississippi uh, yeah we should we have to do that oh yeah so. yeah 100%. i guess just start from the beginning maybe like with you personally and music and writing i don't mm-hmm. know i've always been impressed with the stuff i've heard so yeah uh, are you t- are you talking about uh just from the beginning from the get-go with yeah color, when did color you revolt get, and when did you get into playing music now like was that at a very it was early high, age? School. high was, school i mean it was yeah it was early age i mean i I start. I started playing guitar probably when I was in like fourth grade. Yeah. Um, and then I quit shortly after because I wanted to go play outside and uh, you know. Understand. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like my lot in life was to just sit in the house and practice guitar for. Even an hour was hard for me. Yeah. And my hands, I was, I had a full scale guitar. I, I, I think I suggest this to anybody who like ha- have children who want to teach their ch- kids guitar. If you can get them a sized up guitar for them, I know that's sort of like a custom thing, but it's so much easier for them mm. to do these bars and do all just just for their fingers just their poor little hands my <laughs> poor i just hands. remember my poor little hands and being like <laughs> i i can't like i was impressed to get a g and when a g to me back then was like this big like i just you know like a g the stretching me, the is that big i have yeah yeah today yeah. now some yeah, people have still have that hands. challenge those challenges yeah <laughs> but um but man, when I could lock my hand into a G, I'd just be like G and then go all the way up the neck and keep my, I mean, my hand would just be clawed almost. It's like, I'm staying in G, I can't go to C, all right? There's no way. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to play and uh, just, I, I thought guitar was cool as yeah. most people do. Um, and, uh, but I was too, I was too young. I just didn't have the interest for it. I was too much of a uh, kid that wanted to just do everything and anything and guitar for the demand that they that my parents and my guitar teachers the, the demand that they were asking of me i could not meet up now were your them. parents uh musically inclined uh my dad i i later found out he could play guitar after i started learning guitar yeah like oh he was like you want to play guitar cool we'll get you a guitar um and if you learn this stuff then i will give you something better a better guitar like that was his motivation which yeah. is good yeah um but that wasn't enough for me at that age uh but then he'd just pick it up and start playing and i'd be like oh you can play guitar that's that's cool um uh but he just never said anything about it he was a drummer when he was uh he was in a band uh he lived in england for a while and he was a drummer uh, over there and that was sort of his thing my dad's he's one of those people that if he if he wants to do it he'll do it like and he can pull it off um i think and i you know this is going from stories uh but there was one time where he was at a show in england um and he was literally bragging 
in the audience that he could play better than the drummer that this band had. Okay. <laughs> um, Did they make him prove it? <laughs> yeah, they made him prove it. That's what I'm talking and then he about. ended up being in the band after that. So, right um, on. Yeah, there's another <laughs> story that he said he was one day late to doing an audition for Wings, Paul McCartney's yeah, band. Yeah, oh my gosh. Like, and from what I, and this is still like, I don't know the exact facts, but um, that he came, he came to uh, Abbey Road Studios and they were in there God. and he's like, here I am. Where do, where do you sit? Where do I go? You know, I'm ready to do this, do this thing, this audition. And uh, they were like, yeah, sorry, mate. You know? Uh, oh, no. And I think he got in there and he got to see everybody in the studio. And I think I think Paul was there. Um, but I think he doesn't like to talk about it. So the details that I try to gather from him- Yeah, they're all pieces. Are always a little scant. Because uh, I think for him, it was just straight disappointment. He's like- Man, I really, I really messed up. Like, so just shaking your hand, like whether you're shaking Paul McCartney's hand, it's in concession that you know that you won't be doing anything further. Like your hopes and mm. dreams up to that point are like now completely rock Ugh. bottom. You this know, it's like an alternative to like dad's old war stories. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like that for him. I mean, he's just he was just all over the map, and he's decided to discontinued drums after he lost his third set i think uh -oh. one he lost in a fire the other he lost because the plane lost it um oh, and then there's another one that just disappeared somehow and he was like i guess uh, i i just can't buy another set i i think uh i think i'm gonna do something else i think <laughs> and he's one like i said he's one of those people that could just jump into something if else he puts and, his mind and be to good, it, he and can be work good at it, it. yeah yeah i understand so, i like those people i was unfortunate enough to be uh blessed with the, t the drums uh, right uh, yeah and, as a child it's a similar story you're just you're making that much racket and i also like to be outside um and man after hearing these stories about these lost drum sets it makes me never want to travel with them but, yeah 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 i know tell him if he needs a drum set i, I have one yeah for well i'm sure give, well my brother him. plays drums so every okay. once in a while um he would play his uh, as long as it you, but the house had to be cleared uh, of anybody yeah. there was there was a low there was an acceptance that yes drums were going to exist in the house mm -hmm. but there was still a no tolerance policy so <laughs> their their low, their idea of no tolerance was that we're gone um we're gonna leave just let us know when you're playing drums so yeah. we can plan on not being around um which is better that sounds I like think, any normal parent yeah it sounds very like normal. oh i have to put up with my child beating the hell out of these things right i need to get out of the house right because i think there's only so much i mean as much as you have a passion for drums or you, you you're so glad your child is is playing drums or whatever like there's only so much you can stand of that no, yeah. just not being a part of and it I, and know? I can understand it because my sister right now is going through that with my nephew he's 15 yeah. and he's been playing for like three years now and he's in marching band and he's like on the drum line now and he's like uh, he's just he's banging better the, for sure yeah he's banging the crap that's out of that's what my brother did he went through the you know doing all that band stuff in high school and that that uh I don't know. I think that that helps you. Like yeah, it makes yeah. you professional. It teaches like, you how to read music. For he can one. read. Yeah, See, that's awesome. I can't yeah. read. So yeah. So yeah. That made him that much better. Like that's why he plays with three or four different bands in Oxford right now, just because mm. he's he just he can adapt yeah. like that. So it's really cool. 
That's awesome, man. So yeah. You, so you were fourth grade, started playing guitar. When did you seriously pick it I up? Ca- I got back into it probably, uh, probably around eighth grade, eighth grade, I think. Uh, and I just pulled out my old my old books like that I got from way back in the day and started learning chords. And I still had my guitar that my hands finally fit to. <laughs> um, and I just started going back that way. And then eventually, it was like my dad would would take me back to get lessons if I proved myself that I like actually cared, you know, yeah. like once bitten, twice shy. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I sort of learned some chords, sort of developed these sort of, uh, I don't structures, not necessarily yeah. songs. They were like pre songs. Uh, but, uh, after that, he's like, okay, you, you you definitely care enough now. Like, you've spent this much time just learning these without somebody telling you what to do. I'll I'll pay some, for some lessons. So I did well, some more cool. less some more lessons for probably like a year and a half, enough for me to enough for me to um, feel capable enough, give me a structure enough that I could build from there. Yeah. And then everything mm-hmm. I've done since has only been motivated by. Do I want to play something like this? Okay, what do I have to do? And then I work out the chords from there. Um, and it's all driven by what's in my head. If I di- if I didn't have anything going on up there, I would I would have to be a sight reader, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. But yeah. Now transitioning from learning your chords and all that, like when did you did you transition into like writing songs, or was that more of a when you got Writing songs when you first entered a band, like when did writing songs? Uh, I think I did. We I played a lot of songs. Uh, if, f- like when I started learning to play songs in my lessons, uh, you know, just playing, playing, uh, uh, you know, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. We're like, uh, he's like, what do you want to play? It's like, oh, we'll play sm- some Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, and uh, we'll play some Soundgarden, you know, <laughs> like it was all that yeah. that era type stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I played Spoon Man so many times that, <laughs> uh, yeah, that uh, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever play this again, but it'll be forever etched in my head. But yeah, no, it was sort of like we got to that point where he was like, what do you want to play? And me being very early on in my understanding of music, I asked a like that for us to play all these sort of 90s sort of you know sort of post grungy popular bands as yeah. as most people at that age right yeah unless you have an amazing like i mean my dad sort of raised me up on 70s mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. i didn't want to play any 70s at that time mm-hmm. i didn't want to play any 70s rock you know um so i liked again. it but i was like i want to play uh yeah smashing pumpkins nirvana whatever right. um so i don't think i changed musical taste until i got into high school because my parents raised me up on like that classic rock like sabbath Led Zeppelin, yeah. and whatnot yeah that's and that's all i listened to because that before was the I got radio too yeah. And before I got in high school, I was like, "There's other music by guys who aren't people yeah. are still old now. People are still making that music yeah. stuff." Yeah, right. No, yeah, it was sort of a revelation. That, I mean, that yeah, not to think about it, just how that happens. I mean, if I was homeschooled up to the point where I got to college, I would still be very deficient in that regard um, to my musical experience. Yeah. Um, Granted, 
like I was go- going back to saying, unless my parents were just like, you have to listen to this, yeah. check this out, listen to this. And even if, if, if my parents were more into more modern stuff, like it just, it just, it, it was mostly just seventies rock, um, which is cool. There's, oh, yeah. there's great stuff there. Um, I still find myself when I'm writing songs being like that is totally Led Zeppelin or <laughs> that's Cat Stevens. Like, hey, what is this, you know? T for the Tillerman seriously is like one of my top 10 favorite albums. Really? Yeah, just because like my dad played it all the time. Yeah. He was either into like m- like metal <laughs> or yeah. like that folky kind of yeah. like singer-songwriter driven music. James right. Taylor. Yeah. Not necessarily. He liked, My parents listened to James Taylor. Yeah. Let's he not joke. Everybody, no. everybody's <laughs> parents looked, listened to James Taylor. That was my Taylor. mother's first concert. He really James. loved like that Cat Stevens album. I have it in the, in the record room, and we... Uh, I still jam it. Like, it's, it's, I love it. Hey, it's it's good songwriting. Yeah, it is. That guy, Cat Stevens, man. I mean, to, especially just like that, just a, a person with an acoustic that mm-hmm. can just sort of bring it like that and it i mean cat stevens wasn't i wouldn't say he was like the most technically like proficient but he had that gift of melody his vocals were something that you you just that sort of raspiness and sort of ah, and like, even, like, even lyrically like my lyrically, dad my dad was so into the lyrics he's just like Oh, that that means something right here, right. Zach. You need to stop. You need to listen to this right, right. now. Right. That and like John Prine. Yeah. Which I'm a huge fan of John, John Prine. Prine. Too. Yeah. 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 And now those. Yeah. He's just he's more like lyrics than anything mm-hmm. else. For like, sure. Cat yeah. Stevens still had like sort of this. You could tell he sort of had a sense of melody of how he wanted to sing things, but John Prine was more focused on like let's get those lyrics out yeah, there exactly. and mm-hmm. the music will support it. You know. And. Uh, that's probably like the music that I listen to now. I feel like is kind of like that, where the music is a more supportive towards right. the lyrics. Towards the lyrics, yeah. yeah. That's interesting because yeah. I, I go back and forth because I, I, I still consider myself leaning towards if the music isn't there, it's, it's going to be hard for me to listen to the, the lyrics. Yeah. Um, but if the music is there and the lyrics are just horrible or even not even horrible, just sort of subpar, it still can ruin yes, the music for me. Can. So that the lyrics are still important in that regard. So I think in the more m- more recent stuff that I'm doing, I want to make sure those lyrics hold up. But I still I still will start out with this has to this has to draw people in yeah. melodically before anything else. I just just you. just because that's how I'm drawn in, right? Um, you know, it's so. almost like a weird kind of like marketing. Like you have to hook somebody, and then they're kind of over time you let the lyrics sink in. You know? Yeah, and the music too. I think right um, for sure. To me, I want I want the lyrics. It's just because that's how I discover music, and it's really mm-hmm. funny talking to somebody else who prefers, like, listens to the lyrics first, and then they're like, oh, that was sort of catchy, too. Like, yeah. you know, the opposite way, but just the way I listen to it, I want I want the melody to set in, and then after that, if, that, if the lyrics don't follow up in sort of a similar way, then it sort of negates the rest of yeah. my whole experience with it, so... Yeah. Okay, let's um, yeah. let's go back. All right, now when when was the first band? What was the first? My first band, band uh, was in high school. Um, it was we were called Plaid. 
Um, cool hat. Yeah, and I think this shirt is uh, representative <laughs> of that. It's my heart and soul. Uh, but no, it was it was uh, mostly originals. I think uh, I don't know. From the get go, I always I wanted to get to a point where I could write write my own stuff. Some people sort of stop when they when they feel like capable of doing covers, and yeah. they're totally fine with doing covers, and that's that's what they want to do, and that's cool for me. I liked playing other people's songs, but to be able to um, to write a song myself, whether it be good or or bad, it was just sort of that. That's what I wanted. It was yeah. never yeah. that to me. The, uh, yeah, just to play other people's songs seemed to be stopping progress in in all regards. And plus, my dad wanted me to get to that point too because I remember he was like if you want to get an electric guitar you have to write me a song so like from there like That's a good I had to do it with yeah. with my brother because he wanted to get a ba- I mean we were going to do like the Hanson thing where my brother like it was going to be the <laughs> yes. family band you know because um, you know there was it was me and and two of my other brothers and it was it was like we have we have the makings of a band yeah. it's like you're going to do this and that's funny because my brother Ryan like was he learned guitar but also he was going to play bass and then my brother ian who plays drums was going to play drums um and uh it's funny because my brother my brother ian still like plays with me now which is awesome um but uh haven't gone into the point of going like hey this is hansen too or something like that (laughs) i'd rather go hansen too than my last name just uh just (laughs) out of you know just just uh so people know what's going on oh yeah we're going we're doing full family um but uh yeah no yeah i always wanted to yeah i had the band plaid in high school played with played with some other we sort of got into the circuit there was um my friend Dent May, who who's still out and about doing his own rocks, thing, which man. is which is really cool to think like in high school, there was there was this group of us that all had that similar mindset of like we want to go. Now, did you grow up in Water Valley? No, that, okay. No, Where I grew up in Jackson. Okay, in Jackson. Okay. So I'm, I was part of the Jackson scene, if you will, yeah. or at least w- wanted to be involved in that. Uh, and and I, I'm sure that the history bo- books will probably skip over that uh, amazing um, amazing period of in Jackson. Uh, <laughs> uh, unless one of us in that group becomes absolutely like, you know, he reaches like super icon status, then um, maybe we can get somebody to put it in a historical record. But uh, uh, yeah, Dent, Dent had this band and I, I, and and then and then uh, the guys in Color Vault had a band called Fletcher. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, Dent, Dent, Dent's band was called Your Name Here, uh, and I'm not going to go into what we all sounded like back then. <laughs> um, well, I won't go into what they sounded they sounded like out of respect. But granted, I, I will give you the idea that it was all <laughs> like grungy, or it was grungy, or it was, there was like pop punk. Oh, like um, when we were playing music, Matt and I played in a a really crappy band together, and uh, but it honestly was like the best days. Yeah. Just oh because no, they were, we were they all were. together, and they were. We were like hardcore metal, like yeah, melodic. We I, all what? have our musical adolescence. Yes, That's we what do. I've come to learn, you know, but, before we were mature. <laughs> but you felt, I think, you had that feeling. 
and maybe I'm just formulating formulating this thought now, but you had that feeling like you had an audience. You were playing these songs from beginning to end. Yeah. And like they were like a full thing and you felt like a rock star. Yes. The first time. That's probably the most I ever felt like a rock star or at least to my, seeing my friends being like, man, that was awesome. The first time we had a show and like people were moving in front. Yeah. Like doing something. Doing something. You were like, and we I was made just like, it. all right, made it done. <laughs> we made Sign it. Sign my check. <laughs> I'm going home. Don't have I, to do anything else. I, in my life. Yeah, I, I can't even talk to my parents when I get back from this because I am <laughs> at a different status now. I know what I am. Yes. I have found myself. It's like, what do you. T- t- Bring me my sandwich, please. Yeah, seriously. Do you know how many how many people I moved last weekend? I mo- I've changed their lives. Um, really, I just moved one guy who fell into a bunch of others. And- yes, you can see how much they're moved by the the uh, amount of bruisings on their body. But um, no, yeah, that, I grew up with those guys and the Fletcher guys, and I was sort of like a hybridization of their two. They're, they're two types of genres because, well, I'll say, like, Fletcher was more grungy yeah. and Your Name Here was more pop punkish. They're not going to deny that and I'm not going to go into their influences in particular, <laughs> um, even though they probably wouldn't care. But um, I was, like, right in the middle. So I would, I would like stuff that they had. I'd like stuff that Fletcher had and I'd be like, okay, let's, I'm just going to sort of rock that middle zone and i still feel like i i'm in that middle zone yeah. like my type of music is not necessarily just straight straight pop but it's also not like dirgy lo-fi or, or just like dirgy rock you know minor chord craziness yeah. you know yeah. so uh so i still occupy those extremes just because one day i feel like it's a pop song time you know and yeah. the other day i feel like it needs to have some type of dry honesty and it's, it's not it's it's it always has to be sort of catchy to me but it doesn't have to be like Oom-bop, you know like oh, that yeah. so uh hansen so too. yeah exactly <laughs> it'll have its day um yeah ex- yes uh so uh I don't know. It's still it's still that way. I just I I like to think that my music has matured, um, but it's still that same mentality of like I I, I this one should be a little bit more uppity. This one should like bring people down. Like this, you know, it's like going back. Just the dynamics of it. I I think to kind of maybe moving forward because um, I definitely want to talk about your new stuff and what you've got. Yeah, I please move me forward. No, 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 uh, no. You're, just, you're good. I'll, I'll just listen jump. To this all I just day. I said plaid and then uh, I can ju- I can give you the speed thing. I was in plaid and then I was no. in city lights. No, but yeah, city was, lights is. I don't know. I've never listened to them. I'd like to hear that story. At some point. Well, yeah, plaid. Then we turned into city lights, uh-huh. and that went into college, and then the city lights guys disbanded because half of my band uh, formed another band called Jonesetta and they sort of oh, became Jonesetta. they Jonesetta sort of became like the the quickest to the front line oh, yeah. for a long time and then left all all the uh, other guys a, in college I've been to a few Jonesetta shows yeah. and do you know you know Casey Zumwalt that's kind of how Casey All right so Casey and his wife Laura are good friends with my wife and I and they somehow know your wife Okay I don't know. That's how kind of most people know my wife. Over yes, me. they do over me compared. Yeah, <laughs> and um, Casey was like the merch dude 
for a while for Jonesetta, like touring yeah. and whatnot. I I always loved. I still have that like four song EP thing that they yeah came they had out. some good stuff. Yeah, I think Backstabber uh, and whatnot. Yeah, oh yeah, was, and that stuff was like catchy and I I I, don't, I th- they they sort of caught that wave. Um, and but I think I don't know. I think with most of us, just our youth probably was the biggest hurdle to our success. Yeah. Um, and and that will be the common theme from from like all the way up to like me in color vault and then when when we ended like just i don't know it's like we just we thought we knew what we wanted and then at the end of it you're like man i could have done that differently you know but that's that's history that's so now after everybody though right yeah yeah Yeah. now after they that y'all disbanded and they went on to that. Did is that when you got into that's Color when I, Vault? That's when I got into Color Vault just because they were looking for somebody a a, a third guitarist. Good decision, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's funny because initially I was like, I'm not, and this this sounds really like calculated and sort of um, sociopathic, but uh, it was it. it was more like I, I was I, I was going I wanted to go more. I guess I wanted to just go more my route, which yeah. I, that was sort of what I wanted to do. And I was in my bands and I was sort of, I was the guy that organized it. I mm-hmm. was sort of like, here's the songs and the other guys would input. But for most, for the most part, I was like, these are the songs and these are the songs I want to play. And people were down with that. And then sort of everybody sort of split open and I was left without a band and I, I was almost a survivalist move to be like, Color Vault, sure, I'll try it out. It was not, at the, t- at the time, it was not something that I was, like even the, the demo songs, which people, like, some people are like diehard, the demo songs. Are you talking about like, the, the EP? The, the EP, the, di- the pre-EP de- demo songs. Oh, okay, like, okay. Like, they did that without me in the band. Mm-hmm. And that's what they gave me to listen to. And, I'd be, and I was sort of like, ah. Because that know, was a re-release, the EP. The EP, the EP was, uh, yeah, the it was redone. Okay. The EP was redone, and they took out some songs. You get people. I'm sure people have the pre. Whenever this EP. goes online, people are going to be yelling at us. Yeah. That's, so right. don't worry. They're going to be yelling. This was what was on that. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be. So no, I still remember that song. Okay, and I. I, excuse me, anybody in the band that's eventually going to hear this. Uh, <laughs> I still say that that song Paris is a great song, and I still don't know why we decided not to play that because <laughs> it was a great song. It, th- that was the one that was like, if we play more songs like Paris, I'll be fine, <laughs> you know? Uh, and we never played another song like Paris ever. But it's okay because I ended up in- enjoying my position in the band, and then it's almost like you marinate with the type of songwriting for a while you and, and you're in it. Like you mm. either completely reject it like a transplanted organ or you just become a part of it and it's like your thing. And that's what happened to me. Like it became just my like, thing as well as everybody else's, which is their, was it. their hope. And, you know, I was I would stand behind all the songs that um, we wrote from that point on. And they still never nece- were never necessarily the songs I would have write, I would have written, but um, I was a part of the songwriting process, and I it was that was the whole nature of that band. It's like everybody had their own fingerprint in it, 
and it made it colorable, you know? Um, and that's what I wanted to And that's to talk what's about. cool about colorable. It is totally. That's what I was going to say just a second ago was like, <clears throat> back to what you were saying about like, you're friends with Dent May, you're friends with the guy in Fletcher, uh, guys in Fletcher, and you were somewhere in between kind of juxtaposed, right? So yeah. then Color Revolt starts, and I've this is something I had written down to talk to you about because I've always thought this. Like, you and, and Jesse's, like, the way that you play and sing is completely opposite. Mm-hmm. But it's perfectly, like, sewn together. And that's something that I think really worked for you guys in your favor. They complement each other. They yeah. really do. I mean, and you can totally tell. Like, and it's... It was it was about dynamics. And yes, I think Color yeah. Volt, that was... I think that was our forte, was the dynamics mm-hmm. of the song. I don't... I, I couldn't say we were, like, just structural masterminds like the Beatles or anything like that, but I felt like we had dynamics down to a mm-hmm. T. Almost to the point where it was, like, it almost was annoying how much <laughs> dynamics we do. I mean, now granted, like you go to Fletcher and talk about dynamics. I'm talking like you should go back and listen to some Fletcher because that was like time change, sort of like the hardcore thing, which oh no, be up your alley, part by part by part. You know, transition into that part and go in. You know, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, and they came from that to this. And that, and it definitely was a downgrade from the dynamics of that. But hardcore is like, it's like almost pure. Oh yeah, pure and just pure dynamics, mm-hmm. like yeah. pure like. Sometimes you can't tell what chord is actually being played. It's more of a percussive thing, you know. And especially in a live setting, it's not really about the music. It's just about the feel. It's about, about the, the feel. show. It's and, the catharsis. Yeah, and that's what I loved about it because I did vocals in the band. And yeah. that was my job yeah. was to you know, pro- like I don't know, project yeah. that emotion. You were onto the, the crowd. you were the MC. You were like. <laughs> yeah. Like you were like, this is how I'm. This is how I'm telling you how this music should exactly, go yeah. in a way. Like you're the director. Um, but uh, but yeah. But but I still think, like I said, Color Vault was great with dynamics, and there were some uh, great melodies in there too. I mean, mm. um, but it was funny. Jess and I, like considering our differences, uh, like musically, it's sort of it. it there were times where it would be like, what are we both doing in this band together? You know, really? like there were times where it was just like, we're so different. And and I always had to have uh, Jimmy, our other guitarist, like talk to, he had to talk to me to like coach me into he, saying that that was the reason why Color Revolt was so cool was because you guys were so different and it works. It oh, and it is. <laughs> but like, for me, it was a self-deception because I was just like, does this work? It was a complete self-doubt, but it huh. translated to people. People kept coming to shows and there was something there. It just, I wasn't, nec- I didn't necessarily have my finger on it when we were doing it, you that's, know? That's really, really interesting. I've because always... that's what brings us to the band, I feel like, some in some ways. Yeah, no, it is like that kind of dichotomy. It's like, it's very interesting. And then the, like we were talking about earlier, the lyrical content it was very. It seemed very thoughtful. All of it together, I guess. If that's what I had to say, like in one word about Color Revolt, that wasn't like something cliche. I'd say, and maybe it is cliche, but I think it was very thoughtful music all the way around. It was balanced, you know. Yeah, it, it tried. To, we tried to mean something, you know, yeah. in our in in that in that regard. Like we 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 idolized certain bands, and we wanted to be part of that, and we tried to go our own way. We tried to take certain things from other bands and make it our own. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but yeah, meaningful. Like we tried to tried for it to be meaningful, and but that doesn't necessarily translate to you know paying the bills. No, but no. It, but but the, you, we still two different things. Yeah, it doesn't. But it but we still had the that like a group of people that were uh, and I probably still to this day just because there's always that random Facebook question of like where are you guys you know like you guys should be playing or you know looking for records looking for t-shirts like there's still people out there that I, I guess will always be a part of their of their makeup their music makeup mm. um, which I think is like the best possible thing that could ever come out of us being in that being in that band just being sort of integral into somebody's like development into whatever they become yeah you know uh especially like matt and i growing up and into the music scene that we were in at the time y'all were one of those bands that we looked up to like a whole lot like Awesome. That's yeah, great. we're we're coming in this tonight. I'm like, I can't fanboy out now. This would be weird because <laughs> no, um, I I don't I don't yeah I I always get funny about people fanboying just because, but not not in a like rejecting like don't fanboy around me, but yeah. just sort of like the the absolute um just just not having a conception of how how important we were to people yeah and how people like took an interest in us and then people start telling us about this stuff and i'm like wow like you really cared yeah. about what we did if it, it feels great like it's it's weird in in that way that people do like have that reception towards or you know have that reception towards you like you mean this much to me right you know like on that end like how how do you take it how do I, I how do I take it? Um, well, like I said, like it's it feels. I think in anybody's life, if somebody came up to you, you know, if you're an accountant yeah. and somebody said came up to you and it's like, what you did in '86 um, <laughs> for IBM was the accounting was amazing <laughs> yes. and like they were absolutely yeah. sincere. You'd be like, wow, I love what I do again. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's but really like cool music. You, I mean, the nature of music, you're out in front of people. Like yeah. you are. You were there to sort of entertain, inspire, and uh, at, and 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 sort of make people and and, and sort of give art like yeah. your interpretation of your of the reality of your experience. You're interpreting that. It's like this threefold thing, and for people to relate to you in that regard. Um, is awesome. And I mean, it puts you in front of the public. So people are, a lot more people are going to notice you either if you're going to be an accountant, you yeah. know? Um, so, so yeah. So, you know, you put yourself out there and, uh, and then like people come up to you later and they're like, this is, you know, you guys are my favorite band or like towards the end of everything, people were, like begging us not to quit. And then we really just, it's like we shouldn't quit for this one person. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. you have the, to like separate the amount yourself of, from that. The yeah. amount of passion they have <laughs> of why we shouldn't quit. You're like just for this one person, we won't quit. You know, <laughs> and it's just like it just doesn't work out in the end. But like That's just right. thinking like these people really care yeah. about what we do. It's 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 awesome. It's yeah. awesome. It's a humbling thing for sure. And probably kind of strange, I would imagine too. And a little <laughs> yeah. strange. A little strange, but. Uh, but when you think about it, it's like that's what we did. We played in front of people. Like yeah. Yeah. that's 
like that's it's inevitable hopefully inevitable that you touch somebody in some way you yeah know? that's awesome um, emotionally yeah emotionally emotionally um <laughs> now uh lyrically like in the songwriting process of now you helped and you came in for the EP, right? And yeah, I came in for like the so your official first recording. Full record, like writing was it. The first full record was Plunder, Begging, Curse. Okay. But um, like uh, I added my own, I my own element to the to the demo songs. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like uh, that song, New Family, like that one was sort of mm-hmm. underdeveloped, and I. Uh, I sort of helped that. I sort of came up with this like pixie style bass line. And then from there, I f- think like that. So I felt like I was ha- oh, yeah, riding with them. Sure. So there's some songs in there that felt like more me than others. But I'm I'm on those recordings. Mm-hmm. You can hear me. You're like, that's probably Sean. Uh, but um, yeah, the, I, as far as like full on, let's get down and write these songs. That started with Plunder Begging Curse. Okay, cool. Mm. And um, now like the lyrical duties was that put up to you or Jesse? Not or really. Who? That was mostly Jess. Okay. Yeah. That was mostly Jess. What was the, this is kind of an odd off the wall question. What was the first song you and him ever sang together? Like we're friends, let's sing something. Like what was so, that? Or do no, you remember? That was, I mean, that was probably one of the first or second practices, uh, that, that I had with the band. Okay. Um, I, I think I met up with them. <sighs> What, time, what year was that? Maybe 2004, 2005, like maybe spring of 2005. Uh, and I, and, and they were planning on going out. I mean, at that point, the, the band was only touring on holidays that school wasn't in yeah. session. Right. So it was summer or spring break or fall break and or this weekends. And all at Ole Miss, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're all at, yeah, all, all there. Um, and yeah, I think... It must have been the first or second practice. Jess was like, I think, I mean, I don't think there had been any like direct. I think Lynn, um, the drummer, did some harmonies with them, uh, with Jess. But uh, I think he wanted that to be a proponent of the band as quickly as possible. He's okay. like, let's see what we can do vocally. And I mean, he knew I could sing just by knowing, uh, just by hearing me sing in my other bands. Yeah. So he was like, we need to get you in there and do this. Like, Okay, cool. I mean, that's what I would want. And my, if I can find anybody to harmonize, please do. <laughs> yeah. Please do it. Um, so that makes total sense. But Jess was, Jess was writing like most of the, most of the vocal melodies and most of the lyrics. That was him. Yeah, because and that uh, was, and that was like a staple. I didn't really want to touch. It was, yeah. It was like that's. I don't write in that exact same way. I think towards the end and now listen like some of the songs that I write now. I can tell that color vault is influenced how I write lyrics, but I, I attribute that to Jess. Like yeah. the way he writes lyrics has because influenced some of the way I, I do that now. Yeah. So we've had multiple conversations, Matt and I on, you know, bands like Matt and I are a couple of Christian dudes. We go to church and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, especially like that whole spiritual influence, uh, in like the EP and then plunder, Bank yeah, and curse. That's definitely there. And, like I can't tell you how many times we've had a like we sat down and like hey man color vault brand new Manchester I'm like what is up and we discuss this these lyrics and it's before you keep going you forgot me without you so oh and, me yeah, without me with, you yeah <laughs> yeah the, I'm still like 
ridiculously ridiculously addicted to that band that's great yeah i i listened to their newer album today so what what does that sound like oh pale horses it's more aggressive but it's just because there's one that was like the folky one. Oh, and I that's think that may um, have dropped out dropped some people off a little it bit it did but, but the thing but is, it was still good the more i listened to it i'm like the more i loved it i'm like yeah it's up there with like one of my favorite of their albums that's great especially like the last song on the album king beetle on the coconut estate just like yeah it's so long and the lyrics i can't even understand how he writes <laughs> That yeah. many no, lyrics. He's got, he's got a talent for the song, for that. and then it just how it hits and it pulls you in. I, yeah, I love me with that. Yeah, I was like, I kind of agreed with what you just said. People may have fallen off the mat. We played a show one time with uh, this band. Have you ever heard "So Long Forgotten"? They were friends, I think, with Joan yes. Zeta and As Cities Burn. I don't know. The kind I've of heard, territory. I've heard of them. I can't remember where. Where if we did if we played with them or not, but I remember seeing their their their, their, their posters and their yeah. name yeah so, somewhere. We so. played a show with them, and it was right when that album came out, and their guitar player was ranting and raving about it, and I was like, man, I I don't know about this album now because right. I'm used to Catch for Us the Foxes. Yeah, but then it kind of sank into me, and after a while, I was like, okay, this this album. No, is. that's I like. And then the, the grower one. ones seemed to like really stick too. Like yeah. that one was a grow one just because it was such a change. Yeah, um, that's hard. Like you're asking a lot from your audience, your fans to, especially to when the band put out there. like six records now, and yeah, like that's 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 a lot now. I'm I'm these I'm, days. I'm like now like looking in retrospect like i'm impressed like with any band that can last mm-hmm. like that six albums like go go sure you enough. you know like yeah. and and for people to still be into them mm-hmm. you know i don't know if there's even been if there's been a resurgence with me without you or if they've just maintained oh. that steady Man, they're like, like yeah. right now they're kind of playing like a little more underground like stuff like smaller shows yeah they were just in europe and their show looks more intense, like really more like a hardcore show now, really like than it has been in the past. Um, the energy level is high up on that band. I don't know, but I love the direction yeah. that they were going yeah. in. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Who That's are you cool. listening to now? Like, who are some? Because I know you've got Greater Pyrenees. Um, in the who works, am I listening right? to now? Um, okay, uh, I don't know if you've heard the. Uh, the new PJ Harvey single. Have you heard that? No. The wheel. No. Man, it Do is it. like for me. I don't know. I don't want to say I've been jaded. Or I don't want to say jaded at all. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> that's the last time I'm gonna say it. Two <laughs> times. Count it. That should be it. Uh, but I did. Um, I guess being in the music world as long as I have, there there's parts of me that I, I hear a song and I'm like, I've heard it before. I've heard mm-hmm. it before. Or it, it it's just, especially with like a lot of new new indie bands and all that stuff like I, I, I to me I, I think like am I just depressed do I just does nothing stir me you know am I just this rock that just sits on the you know sidelines and just just ho hums everything that comes along but then when I get struck by something I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I haven't been shut off. I haven't shut off. Like it's just, 
it just takes different things to yeah i think it just in the development as an artist certain things used to impress you that don't impress you anymore and mm. especially if you if you've done it if you work in that in that field like some things are like okay yeah i i i used to just jump over the moon for that melody lick or how yeah. that person sang. But now now it's like, well, you sound like this or you sound like that. And you're adapting this melody from this other song. Like the the recycling, uh, for some people, the younger people won't recognize the recycling, um, uh, that this was another song and that other song was better than this one. Like <laughs> it just, you if it feels derivative, um, I give it a chance just because I, I get guilty a lot for like just just labeling it like no good. And yeah. so I'll be like, I'll listen to it. Okay, I'll listen to it. And if it still doesn't strike me, I'm like, yeah, no good to me at yeah. least. But that PJ Harvey song and then Let England Shake, the the last record, um, is weird. It's There's some weirdness in there. Um, but uh, like crazy lyrics um, – she sort of like bashes England in yeah. general, um, but and it's sort of political. But uh, I don't know. I like her vocals. I think it's, it's some people don't like. My wife doesn't really like her vocals. Um, but the wheel, that new song, um, it almost reminds me of like a crazy. It reminds me of Lola by the Kinks. Okay. Love the but yeah. I listen but to the it's like today. this darker it's, so it's like this darker dirgy version of that and then it goes into it's like a I don't know an alternate universe of that yeah. and the, the lyrics are completely not Lola yeah. uh, but um, but yeah so but but <laughs> but that that's weird you will listen to it and be like this doesn't sound anything like the Kinks Lola but like it's just I've like now what it, I I feel like the more I, I'm thinking of the P J Harvey in my head. I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen that name plenty of places. Yeah, well, check it remember. out. I mean, Spotify yeah. or whatever well, yeah. you do. Um, it, I think it's only a st- only the singles out now. But check out the wheel. The wheel. The wheel is is man. It's like pumps me up every time I listen <laughs> to it. Um, I love the Walkman still. I've loved everything, pretty much all the Walkman okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I've loved. Um, uh, Sharon Van Etten, I don't know if you've oh, heard yeah. anything. She's she's great. No, she's, she's sort of great. like this indie singer songwriter, but like she she sort of adapts. Like she can do one record with a full band, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. She could do stuff just by herself, and it's good. And she has this very unique voice that's like it's it's sort of masculine, but coming from a woman's yeah. voice, um, uh, and. I don't know. I think she's she's doing some great stuff. Okay. Uh, that's nice. yeah. And I don't. I, uh, yeah. That's about it. Or like, that's, or it's not it. A, it's not about it. I think yeah. I just I have trouble. I have a trouble with coming up mm-hmm. with all like bullet points of well, like get, bands, bands, bands. Sometimes bands. I'm really good at asking questions that I myself don't know the answer to. Yeah. one of them. Well, right. Here, right. My problem with things are I get stuck on stuff that I love. Right, like, and I'm like, wow, listen to new stuff. No, I understand I can go that. Visit like this, this as you get burn older back that, there. Like, I'm like, okay, I can just yeah, jam this today. There's the back catalog, yeah. you know. Um, no, and I still do that. I still feel like at some point I cut off, I cut off certain things about music that I'm like, yeah. from here down, from this year to continuing on into the past, I listen to a lot more 
easily as opposed to now like with new stuff and new stuff and new stuff it's hard to just sort of shuffle through it but I, you know I listen to the radio I try to stay relevant keep things in mind like relevant uh, relevant ideas what what the the atmosphere of the of this so music you're saying world you listen to the radio like like what I listen well I listen like in the to pop or my something? wife <laughs> my wife has serious um, so okay. she, she would listen listen to uh, is it you serious you or uh, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, All I know is like the alt channel. I forget what it's called. No, uh, what is it called? A serious. Uh, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's the indie station, basically. Okay, yeah. I think it's college, something, some college theme. Serious, you, you know, like a university type thing okay, or whatever. Okay. But it's oh. not like it's not like that. That sounds cheesy, like Monsters University or something. Like that. <laughs> college rock, um, yeah, college, college, serious college, classic in the making. Um, uh, Sirius XMU, that's it. Okay. Sirius XMU. So they pretty much say, yeah, yeah. So that's that. And uh, <laughs> uh, But I listen to that, and that gives me sort of a decent <laughs> a decent idea of what's going on in what's that world. There, but yeah. I, I don't say, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that they're like, they're really touching on the latest and greatest, but they are sort of touching on what's popular nowadays gotcha. in that scene. And I'm not necessarily drawing just from the indie scene because I'm not, it's not what I, I think that's probably the best way I should approach it just because indie, indie nowadays just sort of encapsulates so much sort of anything that's new and doesn't have a high production value. I gotcha. Um, mm. and, and it's really cool this scene nowadays just because now I listen to that station and it just, it feels like a mixtape nowadays. Like, it doesn't all sound like the strokes or, you That's know, really cool. or it, it doesn't sound like, um, you know, uh, nice shirt, man. Sound like, yeah, nice strokes no, I have that shirt. I went to, really? their, I went to their, uh, to their, uh, show like a, for their first record, oh my um, gosh. in at Howlin' Mounds in Jackson. It was probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. That's, I love The Strokes. Yeah, man. The Just saying, that, for a while, there's a lot of bands that wanted to sound like It's the funny. I wish our friend Hunter Landrup was here because he would totally... He played it in the band with us, and he's like a huge Color Revolt fan, and he would jump in right there. He's like, Strokes, my first concert ever. Yeah. yeah. His first he has concert to say it. He has to say it. Like, he has to say Yeah, it. I get yeah. it, man. I You're get totally it sure. right, though, man. Like, that band, The Strokes, they are so catchy. Yeah, and it's almost some of their stuff is just so simple. It yeah, just it's so it's almost common sense that right. It makes sense that bands wanted to sound like them after yeah. they came out. No, it's they like, sort where of has I, this been. They they did sort of start that indie craze. Like they made it they made it like a a viable genre, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Like oh, you can like this, and and people approve. You know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, so. Yeah, but but now that nowadays it's all like all sort of mixed and ma- mixed and matched. So it's like it's fair game. Yeah, it's fair game. But I mean, you know, you're dealing with a lot of bands that all are trying to get airtime. So you know, there's a lot of bands out there. There's I guess there's, there's, there's always there. been bands, but yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like more aware. More, yeah, they're a lot more prevalent now because it's like when I look on when I go on to Apple Music and I look under the indie like their curated playlist i'm like i've never heard of a person right but i'll turn it on just to like see what's out there and see what's up right and everything yeah. um okay switching gears i have uh one like kind of selfish thing i wanted to ask uh especially like with growing up and 
like I still listen to hardcore music all the time. It's yeah. like in my blood. Right. One of my favorite mu- uh like people and played in bands was Daniel Davison. Uh-huh. Who yeah. played on he record did he record the he cradle recorded, with y'all? He recorded the cradle with okay, us. Okay, now yeah. like him being somebody that like started one of my favorite bands growing up, Norma Jean and yeah. all of that, and then going taking like a hiatus and coming back with y'all and what was that like playing with someone from that i it, you know and i never uh, for me it probably i wasn't probably wasn't as starstruck as maybe jess was yeah uh, uh was he just a big fan? jess jess grew up with them and i think even like back in the day fletcher played with norma jean oh, okay like, did some uh opener type stuff in jackson um but Daniel would always show up to Color Revolt, show, Color Revolt shows in Atlanta when he was living there. Um, and he always was like a fan and was like super cool and uh, just was super supportive of our band. Um, and when it came to doing the cradle and we needed some guys because, you know, three of three of uh, our core members we're like, I need, we need to do something. I need to do something else. Yeah. And Jess and I, and well, Lynn at the time decided to go for it and continue. Um, and then when Lynn, Lynn dropped out sort of for the same thing, like he, he needed to move on as well, do other things. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we were just sort of pulling it, pulling at anything for people to play. Yeah. Like who wanted to, who cares, you know? And Daniel was like, I'll play. And we're like, cool yeah you know? <laughs> that sounds good yeah for sure and he's a great definitely. drummer yeah especially the stuff he's doing after he like recorded that under oath album now he's about to record that new every time i die which is so weird because it's like what do they like what every time i die oh chaotic and they're they're more in that norma jean okay. range which it's so strange that he has yeah gotcha. um he has it like he went from that and then he came to y'all, which I was just like, this is so strange, but it's so cool because it's like one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite like musicians from right. another genre yeah. coming together. And it sounds great, especially like like coming into She Don't Talk. Like yeah. that song like pumps me up like a... Like, Those drums are oh. like so... He's. I mean, he, I mean, that's him playing drums. It's just so like... <laughs> calculated and yeah. tight you know yeah. um i still feel like that record was really fast though but <laughs> it is it is i oh, think that record, that record is fast compared to the the previous one it's like so much faster it's and I super think that's, fast i think that's why like i take to it more because matt takes more to plunder beg and curse yeah, but you're it, for you it's like it's just more aggressive, so you like yeah, I like yeah. the more aggressive stuff, right? But that's you know that's preference. Yeah. But uh, no, I think we were driving back after recording Cradle and being like, "This is so fast." <laughs> but we were so I think we were so just driven to get this done, and we wanted to get it done well that we almost just dissected things and put things back together and dissected. Like when we went to record, we had that had every song down and we we mm-hmm. had to because we only had like five do we only have five or seven days um yeah i think we only had five or seven days to record was this at echo and, mountain and yeah at Asheville? echo mountain and Ash, Asheville. um and it, it almost it, it felt like we were playing to get get things done yeah. like the first but 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 in the own regard like they're tight and they're like together and 
you know, things things are there. But but it's definitely different from Plunder just because Plunder's oh gosh, more yeah. like feely, you know? Yeah. Where like, was that one recorded at? That was done at Sweet Tea in okay. Oxford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are they still so, around? Are they still... No, mm-hmm. Sweet Tea is not necessarily around anymore. Uh, Dennis Herring, who ran it, lives in L.A. now and does stuff out there. But okay. I don't know if he calls it Sweet Tea. It's probably different. But probably doesn't. Maybe ca- don't quote me book. on that, but I don't think it's called Sweet Tea. Yeah. Um, but he's still doing recording and producing stuff. But Sweet Tea is no more, sadly, because uh, <laughs> a, a lot of great stuff came through there. But um, no, yeah. Matt. What about the? Uh, you wanted to ask him about the ardent sessions. But lo- love Daniel. Yeah. Oh yeah, Daniel. Daniel, uh, great guy. And he re- he we practiced with him. We recorded with him. We planned on touring, but then, you know, he was he was older. He had like, he had to make his own way, and we couldn't promise him. Honestly, it was we, we couldn't promise to pay him enough, yeah. and he had to make a financial decision, and that's when he went with Under Oath. Yeah. Um, and he, he, I think he did. He. he he does his job like he, you know, I think he did well with Under Oath. He did great for us. Like he's super professional, but he's a super good guy too. Like I consider Apparently he's consider doing pretty him a good friend. with uh, Every Time I Die. He just wrote 16 songs and about to record in like a few days. Wow. According to his Instagram page. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. No, so he's he's still going. Um, Miss the dude. I haven't life. seen him in a while, yeah. but I feel like if if I saw him tomorrow, we'd just pick up right where we left. Maybe off. Maybe eventually we'll have him on here. Who yeah, knows? sure. Yeah. We'll yeah. invite you. You can uh, hang out with him. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know where they keep him. Uh, now, if he's down here, I'd, I might as well come up and hang out with him. Absolutely. Yeah. The I, one of my favorite things for Color Vault, and then I, I, then after this, we'll go on to Greater Pyrenees because yeah. I want to talk about that briefly. Uh, because I don't want to keep it too long, but I, I, I know that um, the Ardent Sessions that you did here in Memphis uh, with Color Revolt are really just fantastic. They're you just you like them? Yeah, I think they're great. And I like them because they sound so much different than the album songs. And yeah. So, not all of them, but some of them do. And they sound and just I think that was like the last show that we did after from that tour, and that was a really long tour, and we were just like road dogs at that point. I think... We could have done that in our sleep, but like, I, I remember doing that and being like, "Wow, like we're an ardent, and I can't even like feel my legs right now. I'm so tired, you know." That's like, fantastic. but it, but I'm 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 hoping that okay. It seems that because I've never talked to anybody that like talked about the ardent sessions. They're great, um, <laughs> but that's awesome. I'm really glad that uh, I don't want to move to. Yeah. No, you're need good. To know, need to know how far to go before I get out, <laughs> um, but. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I remember that being exciting, but also being like, I'm so tired. Um, we had to do an interview and we played, but it's good that that didn't translate on film or, or by the sound. Because I think, I, I don't know, there's something about when we got on stage, whether we we're tired or not, it's like, we're, we're, this is what we're doing. You know, yeah, and and it's it's weird because you you're on tour and you you only play a show for an hour to forty five minutes to an hour, like that was a one period period in that whole tour where you felt like the most purposeful. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you could draw energy just from the idea that like this I'm doing it now. All that <laughs> stuff I did, the driving and mm-hmm. the trying to find a place to sleep and all this it's for this. Like this has to count. So even when we were tired, like we tried to make it count. So that's really I'm really glad the ardent ardent sessions Yeah no, I mean it's it's some of the songs are a lot, out well. you know they, they they drag and they're more chaotic in certain places, but it just seems honest and that's why I think it's works. Right. And so it's cool to hear the backstory on it. Because yeah. now I know that 
really you guys are just all zonked and <laughs> ready to go take a nap. And I think I, and I think we would we would definitely do stuff differently mm-hmm. uh, depending on our mood because uh, and if you're looking for an alternative to how the record sounds, if you're really looking for a live thing, like we we would do that just because. It's like, I just want to do something crazy right here. We'll do it. You know, right. guitar, drums, whatever. It's just like, just to keep you up, just to keep you in the game. Like to realize fresh. like I'm playing on stage. <laughs> like I need to do, I need to do something that's a little weird just to feel, feel like I'm doing this. Right. So. What are you, so what are you currently writing with Greater Pyrenees? You're still doing that, right? This is your current... Greater Pyrenees, yeah. yeah. He's, he's about to go on his four, first tour. Right. He just signed with Procrastinate Music Traders, right? Is well, that I've a been, thing? I've been, si- I've been signed... Well, there's no signing, really. It's oh, okay. really funny just because uh, brand, brand New p- p- played in Oxford. Yeah, I was and there. And you saw that's me there. That's where we met, yeah. yeah was, that's where I met you, and uh, I was still recording my uh, the, the most recent record, um... And I gave I, I I stuck around the whole time. I wasn't sure if I was going to stick around. I only got to talk with the brand new guys for like 10, 10 minutes, and I was like, uh, you know, good, good to see you guys. You know, yeah. it's been a it had been like almost seven years since we last like sort of had contact with each other. So, yeah. I, and I was the only guy there um, from the band from Color Revolt. And I was just like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And. Uh, and they were they were really nice, but they had to get on stage, and I, I hung out, and I didn't bring a CD or anything to give them. Yeah. But I was like that part of me that was like, you should give them something, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And 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 Jesse asked, it's like, give me, it's like, what are you? Oh, you're doing something? How is it? And like he showed interest, and I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Like what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you, whatever. Thank you for acting like you're showing interest. You know, what sometimes I would do, admittedly, be like, oh, great, cool. I'm really yeah. glad you're doing that. You know, but it, but it, but he, I was like, oh, I might as well give it, give it to him. You know, and uh, two weeks later. Jesse like texts me and he's like, I really like this. I'm like, Oh, cool. Great. That's <laughs> yeah. great, man. Thanks a lot. And then, uh, like a week later, he's like, I, I really like this. Um, <laughs> can we do something with it? Can we, do you, do you mind if we release it? And in my head, I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah, for sure. But then, I, but I was trying to be professional. It's like, I don't want to put myself, it's like, let me, that's, this sounds great. Um, I'm, I'm making text, uh, text, uh, miming thumbs, with my yeah. thumb, text thumbs. This sounds great, but I need to make sure my other options are open or whatever. It's super dumb. It's like, dude from Water like Valley. This, this is my option. Has no, I just like, I'm thinking about maybe doing a Kickstarter and then, uh, you know, uh, now, and then I was like, I was afraid. I was afraid. Comes, I was afraid. Right? I was like, I don't want to do a Kickstarter. Not, not that it's bad to do a Kickstarter. I just didn't want to do one. Um, cause I knew I would not do it well. Um, yeah. Promoting and all of that kind of stuff. Just by myself, my, like my wife would have helped, but man, she's so busy. It's like, I just really would love to, I mean, with all the stuff I've done, it'd be great to find a label to do this, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if I can use any of that. And I was like, I got, I, I should talk to these, I should talk to the brand new guys. I should give them this, like, just use my it was networking which i hate networking but it was like mm. these are the guys i know they show interest like leave them something and and they, and they were interested um and then it took like a year to get anything off the ground which was a practice in patience but 
I, I kept going like, listen, we don't have to do this. I, I was like really like giving them an easy way to be like, yeah, nah. Easy way out. Because yeah. I was just like, I don't know what they want to do, but they, they, they literally just didn't have the infrastructure yet to tell me, okay, what we're going to do is we have the record release now, or we're going to, we're going to get the vinyl produced here. Mm-hmm. And we like, they just didn't have all that ready. So they couldn't give me an answer. So I was just sort of sitting around being like, am I being an idiot by just waiting on these guys? And I kept tes- texting them being like, listen, I can get out. I can back out. I can back out. Um, and they're like, no, 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 please, please, please just hang on. We'll do this. And you know, they get they got another guy to help run the label and now like everything's like happening really fast um and they're doing a great job like i i'm really glad i stuck stuck with those guys yeah. and they're gonna they i mean we went over like artwork talked about artwork today we had issues with the vinyl production but now now it looks like we're going to do something a little bit different with the artwork there was like a misprint on the vinyl oh no so like the track listing on the back was wrong you can't do much yeah. anything anything about that so what they're going to do is they're going to take all the vinyl out of the 500 copies keep the vinyl and produce a whole other sleeve package oh gosh so but it's going to be way cooler no, there's going to yeah. be like it's it's going to be have a lot more doodads on it if you will um and they don't have i'm going to say doodads i love doodads doodads water valley mississippi we're <laughs> yeah. just going to just use that excuse doodads and doohickeys all that high technology stuff but um yeah that like they can't shrink wrap it but they're gonna put it in a cool like clear wrapper and like sew it together to like so it's like super quality now like it feels like a limited edition um and they're like yeah we just want to make a good first impression and you know like we it's like my my record is the one they want to make a good first impression with so like congratulations i'm like i don't even know i just don't even know like how i got to this point but um yeah, do, doing that and, and uh, you know, I'm trying to get this tour together. Uh, and this is like the real, like the first time I've ever had to do everything absolutely on my own. Like even back in the day when I was in high school, like my drummer did everything. Like he yeah. organized the shows. He tried to organize getting, just getting everything pretty much. T-shirts, all that stuff. Now I'm doing all that. Now I'm trying to get the shows together. Do now I'm trying to get that? the T-shirts. Now I'm, um, do I enjoy it? Uh, yeah. I think I do. I think in the, in the beginning I would have been like, I got to do this. Um, mm. But now I'm like, I'm really glad I did this because mm. it just feels makes me feel way more self-sufficient and way more capable as a musician. I did like I did like a, I had to play for three hours at the brewery last week. And I was like, I don't know if I can ever – I can't play for three hours. Like, that, is a, that is a pull. Yeah. Right like there. I'm yeah. not a wedding band. Like I – you know, like – and and I played for three hours and I felt good after it. And I was like, I'm a musician. Like yeah. I went for so long, for like two years where I was like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. am I real? Can I like going up to people and people are like, what do you do? Like a lot of people still say, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a musician, but I'd say it with a question mark at the end. Like I'm a musician. <laughs> yeah. And then like they smirk and they're like, yeah, you're a musician. I, you know, sure, sure, yeah, sure. 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 And I'm like, <laughs> You get convinced eventually, like the self-doubt hits in, it comes in and you're like, I don't know what I am anymore. But now that everything's sort of back in, seems to be back in that trajectory of what I was hoping it could be. Yeah. Um, it was just a period. It was like a test. It felt like a test. Um, mm. And uh, I don't know. It was good though. I think it was good to sort of go into that, into that just vast openness of, confusion and being like it's sort of like a weird self-identity thing because 
I'd been doing music since since high school, and that's what I was like. That's what I did. Yeah. Um. But and that's something I knew I wanted to do. Um. I, it was. It, it's just from an early age. It's like that's what I. That's what I want. That's what I mean. That's what I felt like that I was good at. Um. Um. Because you, you can want something and not be good at it. But like. Yeah. When that when that those parallel and you're like this is what I want and this is what I feel like I'm capable of doing. Um then then you have to continue doing it even when then you when you feel like you should obviously quit. Yeah. I I think that was the part that in that 2 years when I did nothing it was just like back and forth of like I should quit. I should probably quit. I'm fooling myself, you know? Um and it was but it was like one of those things where I couldn't help but keep doing it. So that's where I, that's when I realized I should be doing this. Mm. When I when I pretty much quit in my head, and still going back, being like I can't quit. Like it's something that's something that wouldn't let me quit. Yeah. So I've I've been in that that the space before, uh, and then I want to ask you a question about you know what song you're going to be playing for us. Um, but I I've felt very similarly before because it's like you know you meet people that are like kind of the generation before yours, and, and they say things, well, I wanted to do this, but then someday I just came to this realization. You know, yeah. And they no, just, I've talked to those people they, too. quote, unquote, gave up on their dreams or whatever. And you wonder, like, what does that look like? And then right. you reach the age that they talked about that happened yeah. to them, and you're like, wait, is this that moment? Yeah. No, well, that is that is that moment. Yeah. It is that moment. It's, it's strange. Bizarre. It's strange because I feel like I'm kind of going through this right now of – like I don't know what I want to do. Like right. I have something to do. Right. But now that like I'm married, I just found out I'm having a kid. I'm like, dude, I've been in your situation out of my mind, yeah. right? Yeah. And the thing is, what I want to do is have my family. Yeah. And whatever that I do, like job wise or anything that I can keep doing or that I, if I need to further myself in the job as long right. as I can keep doing my family like I feel like I'm right. that's where, where I'm at right now no I feel you and, and I mean that in that two years I had a kid yeah so it wasn't like there was nothing I was just sitting there you know just you know bashing my head against the wall like <laughs> I got married um, and things sort of it was sort of weird because things sort of fell apart with the band when Literally the day I found out I was having a kid, yeah. like it was like everybody, especially Jess, um, like sort of went like, Ugh. like he knew that was it. Yeah, was and he it like, was like the last and, I, and, and, and my wife and I were both <laughs> yeah. like, we can make this work. Like I can have a kid and still be in the band. But I think it was more than that. Now that I look back at it, it was, it was more like Jess needed to do something else. Like yeah. he needed to go out and do something. And for me, initially, I was like, he qu- we quit because of me, and mm-hmm. I and I object to it, you know. Oh man, it's like we uh, we could make this work. Like I've talked to my wife about this. Like we can have a kid and still do the music thing, but it, it think in in the long run, it was sort of an excuse. It was sort of the final excuse for Jess to go off and do something else. Yeah. Like I think he was really tired. Um, we were all we were all tired, but Jess. Seemed, Jess seemed tired. He just, he needed to a break. I think just everything in his life was so, so up in the air and just confusing that um, 
when he found out I was having a kid, the band was like a stable thing until that. And he was like, he's having a kid. I really need to figure out something. Yeah. Like, I think the band was sort of holding him back from sort of be, sort of re- coming to that next realization about his life. Yeah. And I think that's what sort of happened to me, even though I objected to the band quitting, I, I went through a lot of growing, like a lot of perspective. Just it, it was it was that period of time, like you were saying, like you you're like, what do I do now? Like mm-hmm. I have a family, I should really start thinking about like being being a a, a pillar of support, yeah. being somebody bringing in the bacon, you know, uh, and yeah. being a musician, writing a record doesn't bring in the bacon. Um, so you know, I would do random jobs, nothing that like. Uh, it's it just jobs like uh, I'd go, I'd, I'd count seatbelts. I'd go, I'd, they'd... Um, Did you just say count seatbelts? Count seatbelts, people with seatbelts. Uh, I'd go out to Oklahoma. I went out to Portland. At Portland, I did surveys for 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 distracted driving. And then I, uh, I'd go <laughs> to, to Baton Rouge and all these places. And I would just sit at a corner and count how many people had seatbelts for an hour. And then I go to the next location and sit there for an hour and count how many people had seatbelts. How distracted did you get? <laughs> or how many songs did you write? You know? Yeah, no, I, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts back then. Oh, I, yeah. I am very, yeah, I'm a big fan of the podcast revolution for sure, just because that kept me, that kept me sort of sane during like just sitting there and like just in a hot car, just with a clicker, yeah. With the yeah, well, I'm hoping this one takes off so we can keep doing this more. I, I, I want, I want, I want. You, I mean, you guys. I think it's it's great to try and start doing something like this. Like it's it's really cool. But um, no, yeah. Here I went through all that and did those random jobs, <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still, I still had, I still had one more record in me. I knew it. I had to do it. And then this picked up. I it got picked up by procrastinate. And I was like, well, I guess I'll keep going, you know? Like, there you go. Okay. See where it goes. And if this fails, then I can, man, this, I can say that I got this far. But so. at least now you're a music, you're a musician with a period at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I still that period is sometimes cut in half and sort of like, like a fades away. But yeah, no, it feels like I can say that now with a little level of confidence because I can back it up with, yeah, I'm going to go on tour. I've had this record, you yeah. know. Like it's there's physical evidence, you know. <laughs> Okay, well, um, what song, what song are you going to be playing for us today? Uh, I guess I'll do Homemade Blood okay. from okay. the new record. You want to tell, tell us a little uh, bit about it? Homemade Blood. Uh, I think it's going to be the single. Okay. I think it, most people attach themselves to the song. Uh, and it's it's probably, I don't know, it's got a nice like uppity rhythm to it. Uh, well, how do we, what is this song actually about? It's a little bit abstract, but I don't know. Homemade blood sort of comes from that idea of the people, the relationship you have around you sort of develops this network of a connection. And yeah. to me, like that connection can be sort of metaphorically shown as like a like blood, like people yeah. being connected in that way. Awesome. So like it being homemade, sort of being like you're creating this sort of connection with people, this blood link. Um, it's sort of that and sort of in the face of that, having the audacity to, audacity to continue to develop that even when they're the, necess- they're, they're the inevitable fears of anything that can get in the way of a relationship, mm. sort of holding on. It's almost like a statement like, this is something worth holding on to. Yeah. So 
experience. All right, well, cool. We're stoked. Um, thanks, man, again for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you for having me. I really this has appreciate been it. Really cool. All right, let's do this.
Thank you for listening to the Electric Brain Podcast. Please visit electricbrainpodcast.com for more content on today's episode, as well as previous episodes. Please follow us on Twitter at ElectricBrainPD and on Instagram at The Electric Brain Podcast.